Good evening, church. Is it on? Do I need to do something? It's good? All right. It is good to be back in Australia. You should visit it sometime. <laughs> I say that. Um, we've been in a lot of countries, my wife and I've been in 33 of them, and uh, they, uh, including Texas, by the way. <laughs> People again asked me today, they said, where are you from? And uh, they said, are you from, how do you say it, America, America, I'm not sure how you say that, but anyway, I said, no, I'm not from, we're not from America. And they said, Canada? I said, we didn't say A, so we're not from Canada. And they said, you're from Canada. Nope, nope, nope. Where are you from? Texas. <laughs> and you say, that's part of America, isn't it? No, we don't claim those other people. <laughs> amen, amen. And so, some of you saying, nah, yeah, well, you guys live in Queensland, and I've been to your other states, and I know, never mind. But anyway, <laughs> so you understand. It is good to be back, and uh, we are excited and looking forward to what God has for you folks for the next few days. And uh, uh, we have just finished our summer over on the other side of the pond, and uh, we had seven vacation Bible schools, seven HBCs, and two camps and three teacher trainings, and we just finished that up and jumped on a plane and came here, all right? So this is going to be HBC number eight, and then we're going to the, Lord willing, to the MBF, and that will be number nine, and then we're going to Canberra, and that'll be number 10, all right? And then maybe we'll take a vacation, we'll see, all right? And uh, so... Lord is good. Again, excited uh, about uh, what opportunities we have over these next few days. Hey, listen, haven't these folks done well? Amen? Uh, you know what? I think we can give them a hand tonight. Amen. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a handful of young people, and some of them a little old, but uh, have put in a lot of hours. And so... What we typically do, my wife and I, is we will, if they say, you know, we'd like to do one of these, I say, okay, all right, that's good, we'd like to do that too. And uh, we kind of give them a, an outline and say, so here's some things you need to do, and here's how you gauge that, and here's what you need to do, and run up to it. And uh, the, 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 these young people have done tremendously, and I appreciate it very much, very, 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 very much. And you know what? Go by tonight. Sometime this week, next Sunday in the closing program, and, and, ju and just thank them. Just thank them, okay? And, uh, but we kind of give them this and say, you know, and so we'll be there on that certain date, and we show up uh, even yet this summer. We, we did the same thing and said, you know, here's what you do, and line it all out and set it all up, and, and then we show up, and we get there the day before, and they say, oh, we didn't know we had to do that. <laughs> and uh, you say, so, so what is that like? Well, you know, the Lord still gets in it, and it's still okay. But how much better when you actually plan for something? Amen? It's good. Appreciate the reading, and uh, it, was, it was short. Did you notice that? <laughs> and some of you are kind of looking around like, that, that's all? <laughs> 
But you just think in just those few words, yes, maybe the scripture's short, but isn't the job big? Amen? So there's a lot more. I need to get done because I have a meeting with some folks tonight, and we have a whole lot to get done uh, before tomorrow morning. Let me just say this real quick. Uh, we're going to need some help tonight, and uh, please don't rush off. If you can stay and help, we would, we, we would cherish your help. There's some young people who really want to go to bed tonight. Tonight, not tomorrow morning, okay? And uh, they've got a long week ahead of them. And I know some of them think, oh, man, we got the hard part over. <laughs> but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. But if you can stay and help us afterwards, please, 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 please. Hey, listen, if you can come this week and be part of VBF. HBC. <laughs> Please do. And, I, and I, I spoke to someone already this evening and said, I'm too old. I'm 71 and I'm coming. All right? Okay? So if I can, you can. All right? And uh, we'll have a lot of fun. And, and I bet you there's something we could find you to do. Amen. All right? Okay? And so we appreciate it. Well, let's pray. And, uh, and, and then we'll finish up. Father, we ask that you bless our time tonight. Again, thank you for these dear folks. Thank you for all the time and effort that's been put into this thus far. And Lord, we are excited about what you have for us. Excited what you have for Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And, uh, and just an incredible opportunity and outreach. And, uh, and in reach as well. So we just ask, Lord, that you be honored and glorified through these next few hours and Lord, just take this message tonight and, and help us, encourage us. Uh, we are a needy people in a very, very needy time. And we just ask, Lord, again, that you be honored in our efforts and our labors. And we want to give you all the honor and praise and preeminence. And just thank you so much for the opportunity to be involved in it. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Scripture read. Mark chapter 16 and verse uh, 15, it says, go ye, all right? That's, ye is an old English word, uh, but you know that's a very important word, okay? In the days of pronouns, <clears throat> okay? <laughs> I'll probably get just about as far as hey you or something like that. I don't know, okay? But that word ye is a very important word. Uh, the word Y-O-U, you, is an indefinite pronoun. If somebody is to walk in the back of the room and say, hey, you, we would all turn and look because who's you, all right? But this word ye, if you're here and you're born again, you're a ye, all right? It's inclusive, all right? And so it's, so it's telling us, us. If you're here, a uh, child of God, you're a ye. And God said, go ye, that's us. Uh, the, if you're writing the message down, you want the title, here it goes, all right? You might need a couple of pens to get this all on there. It's aim lower, think smaller, give up, and go have a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's a title, okay? And you say, is the message shorter? No, it's 17 pages. But anyway, okay. That may, that's the shortened version. But uh, there's between 7 and 8 billion people on the planet today uh, that are uh, alive on the earth. And uh, 
they, uh, they tell us that about one-third of the folks on the earth have had the opportunity to hear the gospel. They say another one-third of the folks on the planet right now uh, could easily be reached with the gospel, with the technologies that we have. We have a fellow in our church. Anybody here know Gene Sharp by chance? I'm just kind of curious. No? Wow, that's interesting. Okay. I thought everybody knew Gino. Uh, he sets up radio stations, and he does that all over the world, uh, Christian radio stations. And uh, it is amazing, amazing how God has used that. Anybody here, I'm just curious, get saved via radio? I did. I got saved in a tractor cab in the middle of a wheat field uh, about an hour and a half northeast of Denver, Colorado, listening to gospel radio, okay? But how many of you listen to Christian radio, right? You can do it inter by, via internet now, okay? Uh, does, does Australia have a Christian radio station? Do they? Okay, all right, okay. Uh, but you know what? You have all kinds of other choices now, okay? Uh, if you have a cell phone, you're in. But anyway, okay, uh, computer. But they say that one-third of the Earth's population has not been reached with the gospel. So how do we do that, okay? Um, you know, the, my dad used to always say to me, son, if there's a wheel, there's a... Hey, you must have known my dad. Anyway, okay. <laughs> he had lots of other sayings. He said, son, I would never ask you to do something I would never do myself. How many of you heard that one? Okay. Now, <clears throat> in my neighborhood, neighborhoods, everywhere I went, they went and took it down so they could take it with them and put it back up. It didn't say slow children at play. It said slow child at play. So my dad would say, son, I would never ask you to do something I wouldn't do myself. So one day, he told me to do something. I thought, man, he said he'd do it. So I said, dad, why don't you go ahead and do it then? <sighs> we had an adjustment time, that's what he called that. And that even took a while, man. I just, anyway. But how do we reach that other third? How do we do that? I, uh, I think I have a solution. I think I have a solution. And so the, uh, they, they tell us that people on the planet is, a, is an average across the board living in about 70 years. <laughs> oh, God already told us that, right? Three score and 10. But uh, that they have to live. But if you, they, they have, the word is polled or they have um, uh, looked at statistics and things like that, 75 to 85% of people that are being saved around the planet are under the age of 14. Hmm. Hmm. We've worked with lots and lots and lots of missionaries. My wife and I have never planted a church but we sure have helped a lot of other people plant a church, and especially in this area of children's ministries. Now, I can say this without any doubt. My wife and I have planted more junior churches than anybody on the planet, all right? Okay? I can, I can honestly say that. But uh, people being saved around the world, 75 to 85% under the age of 14, 
And so that should tell us something, that if we want to reach people with the gospel, we better do it when they're young. Because when they start getting older, this floor that you're sitting on here, it's, it's concrete. Now, this concrete, it, 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 it's, had a, uh, it, it, it's had a span of life. When this floor was put in here, it was in its infancy. It was baby cement, if you will. And when it was put in here, it was, it was fluid. It was, it was moldable. It was shapeable. It was texturable. It was colorable. It was workable. And, but that time that they had to do that, it was very short. We're talking about just a couple hours. And then this probably this floor probably sat here for a couple of weeks before they actually started putting any structure on it. And it wasn't because, and, and somebody probably, if they poured this floor in the morning, somebody probably walked out that evening and, and actually stepped on it. And someone might say that, you know, it's, it's set up. Well, it's not set up. It's just firmed up. And I've done a lot of construction. We would say it's green. And you can't put any load on it. You can't put any pressure on it because it's really not set. But it is setting. You think about it, a child. How, how long do we actually have with a child to actually teach them? Think how much you learned in the first seven years of your life. You know, we learn more in the first seven years of our life by percentage than we do the rest of our life. It's amazing. We talk about the teen years and, and, and teenagers. Um, they, uh, teen years and teen, I'm not trying to throw you on the bus, but you're living in a fragile time of your life. You're living in a time where, you know, if you, if you put too much, it's, it's easy for them to, to, to break. It's, yeah, it's, it's not that you're, 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 you're not an adult and, and you're not a child. You're just kind of that in-between. You're in the twilight zone, I guess, maybe. All right? And listen, teenager, we've been there. We do understand. We do. In fact, we probably understand more about it than you do. Why? Because we've already been there. We've been through that. A lot more water's going under our bridge than yours. You're going to have to please excuse me. Our trip over here was miserable. <sighs> Any of you ever made that trip? Okay. Trust me. It's miserable. But I came over sick. But I'm better now. Okay. Somebody said, <gasps> did he shake my hand? No. Okay, <laughs> but I'm much better, and I appreciate that. But I do have a cough, and I do have the sniffles. So, reaching these people, uh, and then this going back to the cement, that 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 teen time. You know, we've got a few years in there. Begin to work on that. Begin to build on that. But the adult years, concrete, it hardens for 95 years, and then it begins to break down and gets softer. This floor is harder today than it was yesterday, and it'll be harder tomorrow than it is today. Isn't that like the hearts of men? They just get harder 
and harder and harder. Point is, if we want to reach people, we better reach them when they're what? Young, okay? And so they, they've, they've done some other studies and surveys, and they have found that only 13% of churches that were interviewed list children's ministries in any of the top three ministries of their church. That's not good. Children's ministries are important. Listen, I appreciate teen ministries. I do. Oftentimes, teen ministries, there's um, an investment involved. They, they, they oftentimes hire a position. But you know, most times in children's ministries, it's all volunteer. Folks, children's ministries are important. And so I want to look at that tonight. How can we reach that other third? How can we possibly do that? Charles Spurgeon said, I have usually found a clearer knowledge of the gospel and a warmer love to Christ in the child convert than in the man convert. So, aim lower. Uh, we, we know the scriptures in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and, and some people say, uh, what you're referring to is not in the book of John. One of the scriptures I'm looking at is where uh, children are brought to the Lord Jesus Christ and the disciples, they, they rebuke the people for that. They, they said to the people, get these kids out of here. Don't bother the master right now. By, in one scripture in Luke, it says they brought infants to him. But we find reference after reference after reference after reference. And people say, yes, that's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but it's not found in John. I think it is found in John, in John chapter 10, and verse 42, the last verse. Is, and it says, if any should give a cup of cold water to one of these who? Little ones, all right? So I think it's found in four Gospels. So I think we have a precedent set that we are to what? Reach children, okay? And, uh, and you can look those up, and I trust and hope that you, that you will do that. But children, we have an opportunity if we just learn to aim a little lower. You know... They, uh, standing up here, there, there's children sitting in here right now. What I'm talking about, uh, it's, it, it's clueless. They, they're clueless. I know some of you say he's clueless, all right? But uh, that's because the children and myself are on the same level. But anyway, okay? And uh, who said yes? Who said that? <laughs> they, uh, uh, <clears throat> they don't know what I'm talking it's just It's just words. Okay, they're probably thinking, man, I wish that guy to get done so I can go do something else, whatever that might be. Okay, and uh, but it is if if we could learn in our preparations for our Sunday school classes, our outreach ministries, um, they uh, for camps for Master Club or uh, the club program that you have here on the Friday nights, and uh, you know if we could just focus on aiming lower. I'm not saying that we get down to their level. Folks, we don't live in a child's world. And parents, I, I hope you just caught that. We do not live in a child's world. We live in an adult's world. And we need to bring children up to the adult's level. 
But at the same time, folks, if we can't get down to where we can actually communicate to them, we're missing it. We're missing it. We're missing it. And yes, I know some people say, well, I just don't have the knack for doing that. You know, I'm not so sure that it's a knack. Sometimes, and in, in, I... Uh, uh, my wife and I have been doing children's ministries now for 44 years. I had a guy ask me this summer, and it's, this isn't the first time I've been asked. He asked me this summer, and he said, so did you try pastoring years ago, and you realized you couldn't do that, so you decided to do this? You say, he really didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I've been asked that same question, only worded, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of different ways. You know what that man was saying? I am too proud to do that. That's what that man was saying. Can I tell you, men, we need men in children's ministries. By the way, you look at scriptures. It's dad. It's dad. It's dad. It's dad. And if you want, you say, do you have tr uh, scripture on that? Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Go home and read it. Amen. Okay? All right? And so, yeah, it is important. We need men. We need men in children's ministries. And, but, but gentlemen, we've got to learn to learn to communicate to them. That doesn't mean we speak childish, right? But it does mean that sometimes we just need to get off our high horse and just come down to where we can be a blessing and a help and encouragement to a child. Amen. All right? By the way, the ladies are involved in children's ministries. I'm glad you are. But can I tell you, in most churches, it's mostly women and rarely men. We need men. We need men. We need men. Amen? All right. But we, we need to learn to, to focus and, 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 to, and to get down there. You know what? It is a fruitful and it is a worthy investment and cause. We need to think about aiming lower. We need to learn to think smaller. Now, let's spend a little time here. If we can equip children to reach other children, it, that, that is a whole lot more effective than you and I trying to reach children. By the way, we live in a time where children, children are told that uh, you do not stalk to strangers. Now, now, parents, just, just hear me out real quick. If, if, if we train our children to, to shun, to, to avoid, to not communicate, and, and we ingrain that, when will they become a soul winner? At what age will that change? What's gonna what's gonna take what's gonna be required in their heart and mind and life to take that that that's been ingrained and indoctrinated into them to change that? Would it not be better that we train our children to have discernment rather than fear? God has not given us a spirit of fear, correct? He has not. And we ought not fear. We look at the book of Revelation, and it tells us the first thing, but the what? Fearful. 
Folks, we should not live in fear. And I don't think that we should, we should propagate fear. But we ought to, we ought to instill uh, discernment. Amen. We, we need to do that. But, so, but I have found in children, children aren't, oftentimes they're not intimidated like adults are. Adults, many, many times, they won't speak up at work. Why? They, they fear some kind of uh, repercussions. Uh, they, they fear, you know, that maybe some uh, business policy uh, 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 keeps them from, from first saying a word for Christ or uh, propagating their religious beliefes, Right? And sometimes we just find, you know, that they, people just don't want to be, they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be challenged. But we have found with children, they, they're, they're just something about a child that you give them an opportunity, they'll just, out of the mouth of what? Babes. Out of the mouth of babes. And we have found if you could teach a child the truth, a child is a whole lot more apt to give the truth even than an adult is. There's just something about it. Little Esther. I, I, I like my story of Esther. Uh, first time we met her, we got off the F train at 169th Street and walked up and walked around the corner and uh, the pastors uh, had his church fan there and we had never met Esther before. And... Uh, I, uh, I went around to the side door, and I opened the door, and there's this little girl. She's three. She's three years old, and she's got on a white, fluffy, uh, frilly dress, and she's got on little black patent shoes with little white socks with this little tuft around it, okay? And she's got a full-length red wool coat on, and she has little white gloves on her hands, and she's sitting in a car seat with her legs crossed with her hands in her lap. I open the side of the door, and she turns and looks at me in a full-blown New York attitude and says, and what are you looking at? I said, I like this girl. <laughs> now, the Dice family, they, they've been there now, what? 17 years, I believe, right? And uh, they're right on Hillside Avenue in Queens, New York. Anybody been there? You should try it out, okay? All right? It is amazing, okay? And so it's a storefront. Tens of thousands of cars pass that storefront every day. And thousands and thousands of pedestrians walk past that storefront every day, every day, every day. And I, whenever I go there, we spend a lot of time there. I like taking some tracks. And the first time I was there... I, I went to preacher and said, hey, can Esther go with me and hand out tracts? He said, absolutely. So out the door we go. By the way, that door, you, you open that door and you go, one, two, three, four, five. You just got hit by a bus. All right? Okay? There's, it, it's just a sidewalk there and people are just going everywhere, 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 everywhere. And I gave, so I gave Esther uh, uh, a track and I said, now, Esther, if I give somebody a track and they don't take it, girl, that's your job. You understand me, Esther? Okay, here we go. So, and by the way, 
I, we, I, I hand out, we, we hand out gospel tracts. You can hand out more gospel tracts in New York City. George Street, Sydney. I've handed out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gospel tracts on George Street in Sydney. And people take them. They take them. They take them. People thank me for them. Okay? It is doable. It is doable. It is doable. Okay? And so they're, uh, they're in New York City, and, uh, and every once in a while, I'll hand one and, and ask, sir, ma'am, okay? And they won't take it. And I say, Esther, sick them. <laughs> and there she goes. Her little legs go. And she, and she will grab the back, skirt. It don't make any difference. Wham. She's yanking on it. People turn around. And she goes. <laughs> You'd probably be hard-pressed to get a teenager to do that. You'd probably be hard-pressed to get an adult to do that. But that little girl do that. And not one bit afraid. You say, were you afraid for her? I'm there. I'm there. And if anybody messes with Esther, I just go get my wife. She'll take care of it. <laughs> She'll fix them. <laughs> People say, what would you do if somebody got a hold of your wife? I said, oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> She'd probably go to jail. <laughs> but if we could equip children Listen, they, we've been working with kids for a long, 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 long. It is amazing what you can get a child to do, and they have a pure heart and motive about it. They do. They do, they do, they do. And so if we could just learn to equip them. And you know, folks, we have an opportunity to do that. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll look and say, how do you do that? We'll get to that, okay? But it's important that we, that we equip our children to do the work. Think about it. You and I are passing off the scene faster than we like. Amen. All right? Good Shepherd Baptist Church, who's going to carry this on? Who's going to continue this? We're dealing with our future. HBC starts tomorrow. Let me just say quickly, some might look at this and say, it looks to me like just a bunch of fun and games. Well, I can guarantee you we're going to have some fun. I can guarantee you we're going to have some games. We are. We are. But can I tell you, this is why we're here. Holiday Bible Club is a tool it's a tool to reach a lot of people in a short period of time with the gospel. It's a tool. Folks, we're dealing with people's eternity this week. We're dealing with people's eternity. We're also dealing with people's spiritual future this week. We're also going to talk about some subjects that's extremely controversial this week. But I'm sure glad God has the answer for all that. Amen. Okay, and uh, try to even help some things get straight. But I want you to think about, in the book of Acts, in chapter 21, um, <clears throat> Paul is on his way to Jerusalem, and he stops in a little community called Tyre. And as he's leaving Tyre, 
Bible tells us that wives and children uh, came out with the men that were there. But my point is, it didn't just talk about the men who went out to, to, uh, to, to give Paul a send-off. It was wives and children went along to give Paul that send-off. They had a desire to follow. There's a desire to listen. And the Bible tells us, says, uh, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid thee. He says, uh, in that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Yes, I understand. New Christians, I understand. But what did Jesus say to Peter when they're on the beach and they're having their little barbecue? He comes up to Peter and he said, Peter, lovest thou me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And what did Jesus say to him? Feed my lambs. Then he asked him twice more. And, and Peter, Jesus said, lovest, these, uh, lovest me more than these. And he said, feed my lambs. And then he asked him twice more. But he didn't say these. He lovest me. Do you love me, Peter? He said, feed my what? Sheep. And he asked that twice. Tells him that twice. And so, but babes, what are children? They are twice-fold lambs in Christ and in, in, in body as well. A desire to engage. In Psalm 127, it says, they shall not be ashamed, referring to the arrow. So they shall not be ashamed, but they, sh they shall speak with the enemies in the gate, a desire to be bold. How about the little girl who was uh, the maid to Naaman's wife? And Naaman is sick. He's dying. He has leprosy. And this little slave girl says, she said, and she said unto her mistress, mistress, would God my Lord were with the prophets that are in Samaria. She spoke of a false religion in her mind. She, that lady wasn't a Christian. She was anything but a Christian. And she had the, uh, she had the gall to speak up. You know, that little girl was bold. That little girl was brave. That little girl probably knowing if I say something, it's probably my life. But she did. She did. Consider this. The little fellow who showed up at the feeding of the 5,000. There is a lad here. This lad had potential. By the way, every child has potential. Every child has potential. That lad was present. He wasn't out playing. He wasn't out doing something else. He was there at that meeting. He was present. And it doesn't say anything about mommy or daddy being with him either. And I don't think that they were. You say, why is that? He had something that mommy wasn't there with him. Amen. She wasn't taking care of it for him. All right. And so <clears throat> this lad was prepared. He's the only one that showed up with a lunch. The only one that showed up with a lunch. The lad was pleased. He was willing to give of his lunch. And this lad was productive. Look what God did with what this child had. Little as much when God is in it. 
And I believe the lad prospered. I know the 12 baskets and I've heard all kinds of preaching. Folks, I think the 12 baskets went home with that little boy. Given or shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaking, running over, shall be given to your bosom. What I think I know what that little boy did with those 12 baskets. I think he shared it with his neighbors. All right? And said, well, how would you say that? Because he gave us all his lunch to begin with. And so we look at so many things that the opportunities in, the, uh, in, in a child's life. So if we could just aim lower, if we could just learn to think smaller. And then I'd like to look at um, it, giving up. Give up of our resources. Give up of our time. Give up of our abilities in order that the Great Commission can be fulfilled. And if we could just learn to give up, give of ourselves. You know, maybe, maybe we ought to th rethink in the economy of children today, maybe we need to think about not working so hard to give our children what they don't need. And maybe we should begin to work harder on giving them things they do need. We have never lived in such a materialistic world in our life. Somebody was asking us about, there's a young lady who's going to uh, hopefully uh, join the crew here tomorrow morning. Her name's Esther. She's uh, <clears throat> from a church out of Pennsylvania. And uh, we've known Esther now for, we've been watching Esther for a few years. We've done camps there and some things like that. And um, just a young lady just that has a heart for God. My wife and I have had lots and lots and lots of young people travel all over the world with us over these years. Lots of them. And you know, it used to be that young people would contact us and say, uh, brother, sister gear, could, could we possibly travel with you this summer? We would love to do that. And, and we actually had kind of a waiting list for that. Young people that wanted to do that. They're willing to give up their whole summer and, and, and to go with us. And, and, and listen, it wasn't, it, 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 we worked the dog out of those people. Right? We worked them hard very hard and it wasn't embarrassed about doing that and you know what they took it bible does say that we ought to endure hardness what as a good soldier but you know today you know we don't find young people that want to do that so much we find young people now they don't want to give up their summer we find young people now that what's more important to them in the summertime is an opportunity to make some money and listen, I'm not against making money. I'm not. I'm not against God. Look, I like having some money. I do. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Seek ye first what? And he what? He'll take care of you. You have God's word on that. Amen. That's better than an employer's word. You have God's word. 
and young people who, 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 who had wanted to travel and, and just give up their summer. And, you know, it would be good maybe if we, we just get a refocus. We, we don't need to train a generation to be more materialistic than us. Amen. Especially in the fact that they're not even earning it. They're just getting it. It used to be in the culture in this nation. A family that had more children was a more productive family. Why? <laughs> you had in-house employees, that's why. Amen. And by the way, Scripture is very clear. If a man should not work, amen. We need to teach our young people to work. It's important to work. And so they... Uh, if we could just instill that in them, an attitude of being a servant rather than being, what, catered to or served. And so if, if and the, the, the lesson we learned uh, this morning in the preaching, if we could just observe and what? Learn. You know, our young people, if they, if they, if they see us with a servant's attitude, the things of God being more important than the things of things. Amen. Willing to, to, to go without. Will, giving of ourselves to the point that we really understand what ministry is. And ministry truly is us giving up of our time and our efforts and our, 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 our abilities um, and, our, and our treasures so that somebody else might have. And so if we could help them, to, and they see that in us. And then lastly, give up and go have a cup of coffee. The independent Baptist movement in the 60s and 70s, everybody and their brother was hearing the gospel. Soul winning was everywhere. And, 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 and Christians went out and gave the gospel. If, if somebody was moving... They got the gospel. But you know what we missed or what they missed was discipleship. You know, the largest crowds, and I'm not here to discuss whether you like the guy or not, but the largest crowds ever still in the history of, of this nation was Billy Graham. Tens of thousands of people heard the gospel in Australia and responded. But you know what happened? I think this country is full of Christians. They're about 70, 80, 90 years old right now. Full of Christians. But they never grew. Never grew. They never went to church. They never even understood even the, the, the basic even teachings of scriptures to say, well, how do, you, how do you think, how could you call them a Christian? I am glad I am not saved because what I do or don't do. I am glad the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God said that. Amen? And I'm sure glad that's true because I'll tell you, I know me pretty good and I wouldn't be saved. Then I'd be like those other people and then my favorite song, every other day with Jesus. <laughs> You'll catch that later. <laughs> Discipleship. They missed it on discipleship. 
Well, we have an opportunity. You have an opportunity, church, in discipleship. It's called Sunday school. What a time to disciple. Make it real. Make it, listen, this book is alive. We ought to make our classes alive. Amen? If you have a a club ministry, make it alive. If you have a school ministry, make it alive. Uh, If you have a a children's church opportunity, make it alive. If you have camp, make it alive. If you have a holiday Bible club, make it what? Alive. Amen. I am glad my Savior lives. Amen? Isn't that exciting? Hey, but you know what our youth are saying? The world is alive. That's what, they're, that's what they're learning. It's a lie. The, this world is dead in trespasses and sin. Amen? But we need a disciple. How do we disciple? You know what? We build a relationship with them. We build a relationship with them and we love them and guide them and teach them and help them. But they're going to have to pick that up from who? Us. Why? Because we have a love for the Lord Jesus Christ and we want that. If you have an opportunity in children's ministries, get involved. And again, I'll put the plea out. Look, if you don't have anything to do tomorrow, be here. You say, what would I do? I don't know, but I bet we can find something. I bet we can find something for you. Be here. And if you can't be here, you know what we'd ask you to do is pray. Folks, the devil's not happy about what's about to happen tomorrow. He is not happy. We're going after after what he's claiming as his. We're going to go after what we're claiming God says is his. And so it is open warfare. Please pray. Please pray. Please pray. If you have an opportunity to build a relationship with, with, with someone, do so. You think about it. Even the Lord Jesus Christ built a relationship with an individual before he introduced him to his father. And so we have that. So aim lower, think smaller, give up, and go have a cup of coffee. You say, what's that coffee thing? That's a discipleship thing. How many of you enjoy coffee? How many of you ever had a cup of coffee with a friend and just had the opportunity to sit down with the scriptures? Amen? Just a, just a, a time of, of fellowship. We, uh, we went out last night and uh, had a cup of coffee, and I don't get to do that very often. Does just go sit down and have a cup of coffee with some men. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I did. It was a blessing. Let's do that with a child. You say, well, children don't drink a coffee. Well, then, then learn to drink hot chocolate. I don't know, okay? Stay away from the soft drinks, okay? <laughs> you don't need that. They don't need that. And, uh, but that's another story. See my wife. She'll tell you about all that, okay? Discipleship, how important it is. So that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to spend a week doing this. We're going to introduce them to the gospel, and then we're going to disciple that's what we're doing. Amen? Amen? You say, what can I do? Go see Javis. All right? And uh, we uh, will do that. So here's why I'm going to close tonight. This is a special place. Amen.
could we come tonight to an altar? And maybe there's families or something. I don't know, maybe there's just something um, as a family. Maybe, maybe I've said some things tonight. Maybe uh, the Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart about something. I have no idea about all that. I don't know, but you do. God does. But, uh, but if we could do this tonight, if we could just come to an altar and just hold this Holiday Bible Club up to God and let him do something absolutely incredible this week. Could we do that? Could you do that? You know, maybe for somebody, it's been a long time since you've been down here. Well, maybe this would be a good time to come. You're not coming down here because somebody's saying, oh, I wonder what's going on with him. You don't have to do that. We could just come down and hold this Bible club up. Children that your church has never met, we have visitors coming this week. And maybe they're saved. I don't know. But if we could just come tonight, here's an altar. Why don't you come? Maybe it's a family. Is an individual, young and old. If you're, if you're able, why don't we come tonight and just hold this HBC up to God and ask his blessings, his protection, and, uh, and Father, his direction and guidance. And we just ask that, okay?